Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. It is Share the Show Tuesday. And on Share the Show Tuesday, we encourage our regular listeners to find somebody they think is ready to wade back into the news of the day. Someone who's taken a news break for a while, who's sick of the propaganda, or who our listeners think is ready to wake up, to take the scales off their eyes. And what we do is we look at the top stories of the day and we try to understand why we're hearing them. It's not that all news is fake. It's that all news that makes it into the mainstream stream media is there for a reason. And the reason isn't what they tell you the reason is. That's their agenda. What we like to do is pull back the agenda, pull back the propaganda, and tell you the reality of why that story is in the news. Because it does matter why they're putting it in there is the thing that you should be aware of. And even if you want to just drop out of society, grow your chickens or whatever, we do not blame you. This is our hope, too. But in the meanwhile, if you have a job or you have teenagers or you live with your mother-in-law, you are going to have conversations about the stuff that's being fed to these people through the propaganda machine. And you're going to want to know what's really going on. Maybe educate people, maybe help uh, bring a little harmony to your household as you get people to recognize the truth a little bit. So that's what we're here for. Our main story, our main feed is the propaganda report on your favorite podcasting platform. But this show is the daily news and it is the drive time news blast. So thank you and please share the show. I would like to say that if you don't have someone who you think you could share it with and they would listen to it, another way of kind of sharing it that helps us is to leave us a five-star review and a, and a comment on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, because that helps us show up and thus puts it in front of more eyes. That's true. And actually, someone who as yet remains unknown sent a clip of ours when we were covering the Garland story to No Agenda, which, of course, is the Mac Daddy of shows. It's the only other show that I think I would kind of put our theme in the same category as it's not the same as not a daily show, but it was really a privilege, a very proud moment to have our clip played there. And that's a great way to share it. But since we're on that subject, I do have two things to say. First of all, my Twitter has been acting up AF. It's at Monica Perez show. And I woke up this morning and I had zero. I was following zero people. And I normally follow thousands of people. And that was weird. And I just don't like when things get glitchy. I wondered if it had to do with being on no agenda. I keep waiting for my YouTube video, my channel to get taken down. It could be because today I hit 15,000 followers. It could be that. I don't know. But I'm worried that you're going to turn around and I'm going to be gone from Twitter. So please also be sure to go to the propreport.com. Register your email address with us. We put out a newsletter at the beginning of the month with all the shows from the previous month and what to expect in the future month. But it's also a way that we can keep up with you if we get deplatformed. And should I just tell you that I guess Garland, our friend Garland from Voter GA, we've been talking to him every single week since December about how he had uh, since that audit. So in Georgia, there was a recount and an audit because it was a very close race. And 
Garland runs a voter watchdog group called Voter GA. I've known him for many years. He was on my show on WSB. That's why I have a relationship with him. And because some of those auditors signed affidavits to the court that some of the ballots looked fraudulent, his case is still ongoing. I mean, it is May. It is almost June. We thought it would be finished by January 6th. And it wasn't, but it still marches on. And that was the subject of how the clip got on no agenda. But today, somebody sent me from Yahoo, which republished a New York Times article. Normally, that's behind a paywall, but they want everyone to read this. And it's about Garland, who they didn't mention him by name, but they did call him a known conspiracy theorist. And I think it's because he has exposed some funny business in the past. I'm not going to start to direct you to it at this time, but I've never known him to say anything that didn't pan out. I can tell you that. But the one thing that they say in that article, this canard that comes up over and over again, is that there was an audit. So why doesn't Georgia just put this to rest? And my answer is yes, the audit uncovered the fraud. There was no recourse in the system as to what you do if the audit comes back with something questionable. So Garland's just took it to court and it's proceeding because it's valid to have this objection and to want to verify or invalidate those questionable ballots. And what they're doing in their attacks on Garland, which we wholly expected to happen once it started getting more mainstream attention, is they're doing exactly what the indivisible activist organizers are training people to do. They're attacking the motives of the person, they're attacking the person ad hominem, and they're not addressing the actual content of the claim. Let me just read you how slanted this article is, of course. Georgia has already counted its 2020 presidential vote three times with the same result, colon. Not the same result as in the same numbers, the same counts, because there's some weirdness there, too. The same result. President Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump narrowly yet decisively. I mean, how does that even how is that even a thing? But now portions of the vote, you know what I mean? Like, which is it uh, will be inspected for a fourth time after a judge ruled that a voter group may be allowed to view copies of the absentee ballot. And then it goes on to say, lest you think this is real. The move carries little weight. The plaintiffs, led by a known conspiracy theorist, will have no access to the actual ballots. If you listen to our show, which we put in the feed yesterday, he says like he will if it looks funny. In the meanwhile, they don't get to actually touch it, but they get to look at them, which is great because then there's no question of taint yet. If they if they're and the resolution is 10 times what they've seen so far. So that's going to be good, too. It says uh, it said Georgia's election results have already been certified after recounts and audits showed Biden as the winner with no evidence of fraud. That is not true. The review will have no bearing on the outcome. It's none of that is true. There there was four people swore to the court that they saw fraud. This is why they're allowing the ballots to be inspected. It said in the New York Times article that the outcome will have it will have no bearing on the outcome. I think this is the quote I'm reading. This that is, is the quote verbatim I pulled. what it says in the agency says, as well. The review will have no bearing on the outcome. So they're having the talking points. We know the AJC is connected. Yeah, with that's common. And they have the same talking points. And the AJC also did a similar attack, not not quite the conspiracy theorists, but they, they called him the self-styled election expert. And you can almost hear them rolling their eyes. But I mean, he's he's a voter integrity, an election integrity activist. With, he's associated with professionals. I mean, if if he if there were a paid job to do that, but he's not. He's a citizen watchdog group. Why do you 
Anyway, I mean, we've talked about yeah. this before. There's one other thing I wanted before we move on, because there's a lot of COVID stuff and VAC stuff in emerging right now. So I do want to get, get allow some time for that. We don't always focus on that, but I think there's some stuff we need to talk about. Yesterday, I talked about the guy that the, there's a plane in Belarus that was grounded. They are disputing whether the Belarus government forced it down or if, like the Belarus government says, there was a bomb threat called in and it came down. But when it came down, Belarus arrested a what's being called a dissident journalist. Our news is calling this guy a dissident journalist. His name is Roman. Uh, I hate this because it's a hard name. Protasevich or Ramon Protasevich. And so the story is that he was arrested. Like protagonist almost? Mm, not really. P-R-O-T-A-S-E-V-I-C-H. Okay. H. I mean, it would be closer to protest but anyway, so all of the there's two articles about him in the Wall Street Journal, neither of which mentions that he was on the in something called the youth front or the young front during the Ukraine coup that was organized by us, that he worked for Radio Free Europe, which is the propaganda machine of the United States government over there in Eastern Europe, which I believe was the one that Tucker Carlson's father worked for or ran even briefly. I can't remember. And then, so I had, we had a patron email, a lengthy explanation, just talking about, yes, this guy definitely seems fishy. Definitely seems like an operative of ours. I completely agree. hundred percent. This guy is fishy. It's weird that the wall street journal isn't talking about it. They're sanctioning Belarus. They've already been sanctioning Belarus. They're talking about that. This guy who's been there for 20 something years, the leader of Belarus, that the last election was fishy, but all of this started when the Belarus guy stopped, uh, would not go along with the COVID lockdown stuff, even though I believe it was the IMF offered him up to a billion dollars to get in lockstep, just like we saw in the event 201 stuff. But the real kicker in today's news that I thought was really a tell that this thing was fishy. Now, I don't know if this guy made this up as a joke or if the whole bomb threat thing was a setup to get the Belarus government to look like a bad guy. But the story in the journal is that Hamas sent a note to Belarus saying there's a bomb on that plane. Hamas, which is the Palestinian organization. Why on earth would they care about this guy going over Belarus? It's, it's it, That cannot be like a genuine thing. But what is it? Is it the West setting the Belarus guy up and trying to throw Hamas under the bus at the same time to depict Hamas as a broader threat than just localized in Palestine and Israel? Or is it the Belarus guy just sending some kind of message like here you go here you go like this is i don't know what what kind of why it would arrange like that but in any case i don't strictly believe the story and the mainstream media is not is not revealing the deeper background of this guy which would make this story look a little less straightforward yeah and when there are the conflicting stories and you can't actually be in contact with the event and you only see it through screens. It's really difficult to tell unless you're just judging based on partisanship. But it's so easy to know when they're after the guy that they're setting him up one yeah, way or another. Right. That doesn't really matter so much. But if, when they, but when you look at the article, don't believe everything you read. And that's always true anyway. 
So, Newspapers should just say that. That should be their bylines. Don't believe everything you read here. Correct. So there is a lot of stuff on COVID right now and the vaccines and stuff. One of the big things is that it has like larger geopolitical Im- implications. That's for sure. We're seeing the Wuhan thing come back around. That was something you knew would happen for a year already, Binkley, if I recall correctly. Yeah. When the Wuhan lab theory was first put out there, when this thing all began, people would often ask, do you think it came from a lab in Wuhan? Is it a bioweapon? Whatever. Which, Or it came from a lab in Wuhan. It was accidentally released. And my position was always, I don't believe or disbelieve that theory, but I believe that ultimately that would be the explanation that we got in the end, because it fits perfectly with the Chinese rising power as a conflict, an enemy towards the U.S. And it's just the perfect theory. And it's connected to everything now. And it, it, it's one of the things, too, that now we're seeing both the left and the right agree on that it, it probably came from that lab. So now they're fighting and bickering over stuff about, you know, well, you said before that it was a fringe theory. The right says this about the left and the left is saying, well, Trump said he had evidence and he didn't show it to us. So therefore, he's the reason why we said it was a fringe theory. But both sides are agreeing that it probably came from there, which means this is a geopolitical enemy that potentially caused the deaths of whoever, at least according to the narrative. So that will fuel the rising conflict between China and really – it's a battle of culture, more so, I would say, than actual physical kinetic war. Like, which author- will the authoritarian Chinese culture win out in this war that we're, we're fighting? And we see this with, like, John Cena apologizing for saying Taiwan is its own country and stuff like that. That's outrageous yeah, because I remember when my father was so disgusted with Jimmy Carter for no longer protecting Taiwan as he was supposed to. My father felt that was legitimate government of China and it may well be. I certainly recognize Taiwan as uh, as a separate country and as a, has a legitimate claim to China itself. The I think just to. Um, one comment on the culture versus kinetic. I believe there's two things going on. I think one is that the changing of the guard that we observed between or around the world wars from the UK to the US, similar a similar change is happening now from the US to China. I think the same kind of overlords are in charge of that. I always think of it as like the Roth, Rothschilds, the Rockefellers yeah. and Rhodes. But that kind of what, where is the focal point? Where is the, where's the capital of the empire? The way it went from like Rome to Constantinople to wherever, where is the capital of the empire? And I would say it is shifting to China. And part of that is they set up a government, a totalitarian, a government more suited to a technocratic totalitarian regime And it's going to have more successes. But at the same time, you need an enemy. They're not yet ready for us to think of ourselves as one global human race. They need an enemy. So they make it nationalist. But that's like the essence of the dialectic nationalism versus globalism. And the synthesis is going to be, you know, loose confederation. But it's going to be Chinese in nature as far as at least the regime goes, which was instituted by the Rockefellers, some say. If you read the Corbett stuff, you'll find that. 
I think you're exactly right. That's why I phrased it as a culture type war as opposed to kinetic is because it's not necessarily against the Chinese people, but it's a battle over the way of life that's being implemented. And when we see the Great Reset saying we follow the Chinese model of recovering from COVID and now we see that they're going to say it came from there, whether it did or not, I don't know. Yeah, this is a new type of standard of living and culture that is being implemented. It's like almost like a capitulation or assimilation. There's also they they can do the hot war stuff, even if they're not really enemies like the hot war will like it as far as the leaders go. Hot war can serve some purposes. It seems to me that if they were going to do hot war, they wouldn't have done COVID. If you read the report from Iron Mountain, you will see that they that war serves several functions and they were looking for a substitute to war. COVID absolutely seems that way. I really feel that's why they're backing off sports as being hyper competitive because they're moving away from that hot war model. But that doesn't mean that Ukraine is not still going to be a, a hotbed of hot war kinetic activity or Syria. The I think the secretary of state is headed over to Israel right now. There's it's not clear how they're going to go with that, but they are definitely trying to get us to accept a more totalitarian regime. Totally. Something quickly related to that. LeBron James, who has stood up for China in the past by bashing a coach who said something negative about them, and he is big in the, the film industry. He is popular in China. So the Hawks coach got fined $25,000, the Atlanta Hawks coach, for saying that it's going to be tougher on the Atlanta Hawks because the league wants teams like the Lakers, the New York Knicks to succeed in the playoffs because they have bigger markets and whatnot. And so they fine him $25,000. Meanwhile, LeBron James violates COVID pro protocol, which all season they have suspended players for weeks for doing that. He did this right before the playoffs, right before his per first playoff game. They did not suspend him. And I think it's because he's super popular in China. They're not going to take that player out who drives all that the, the financial rewards. And he's getting treated specially. And that's why they respond in the way that they do, I think, to the pressure from China. Well, he certainly is being treated special if he did not get the vaccine and everybody else had to. And that uh, brings us to the next big story, in my opinion. Big story is I, I read this uh, article. I've seen it from several different places. People have sent it to me. I meant to actually bring it yesterday, although it's worse today. It says that there have been at least 18 teens and young adults who have shown symptoms of heart problems. This is just in Connecticut alone. After receiving the COVID-19 vaccine, the acting health commissioner there said Monday, and I will tell you this, what they're talking about is inflammation of both the heart and the muscle surrounding the heart. Those are two different uh you know, they, they call them two different things, but it's pericarditis is an inflammation of the outside lining of the heart. And uh, myocarditis, I think, might be the one where it's of the of the actual heart itself. But I will say that. I knew when this whole first the COVID thing first came down, I was reminded of the 14 year old son of a woman I worked for back in the day who just unexpectedly, this is a healthy kid we all knew, there were two boys, uh, teenagers, the one of them got sick, he was just sick, they thought it was the flu, whatever, the doctor said, no, it's a cold, it's, a, it's not the flu virus, it's more like a cold, which coronavirus is, and he just kept getting sicker and sicker, and then they took him to the ER and he died. 
And they said that what happened was his heart just swelled. That can happen. It's rare, but it happens sometimes with this kind of cold virus. It makes your heart swell. And there was nothing they could do for this kid. And that's why when coronavirus first came down, I said, wow, that that I do remember somebody who did die of that. I mean, that's the only kid I ever, even in this day and age, that's the only kid I ever knew to die of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a function of of coronavirus and therefore a vaccine that has some mimicry of coronavirus. And it sounds like, based on the story that you brought last week, that they're not even going to be investigating this is a side effect because they're not really investigating. Well, no, side if, if you go to the hospital or you die and these people are in the hospital. So okay. they are they are counting hospitalizations, deaths, and but their measure is a cycle rate at 28, which is much lower than regular people. That's why if you're getting a positive and you're vaccinated, you actually have a higher a higher test level of virus if that's how i mean pcr tests don't really strictly work like that it is kind of hard to talk about it that way because that's not really what it is it really finds fragmentary dna and it emphasizes it so that you can find like something that's been degraded in an archaeological sample or you can be sure to find paternity so the one mom who's 17 year old was totally healthy and then was diagnosed with this lifelong now heart problem, Rachel Hatton. She said she was just wouldn't want anyone to ever go through this yet. uh, So it says he her son, just so people know, started complaining of severe chest pain three days after his second dose. And on the fourth day, it worsened and led to back pain. So be aware of that. Now, another mom in Connecticut. So they in order to offset what she said, That mother, this other mother says, I can't believe the government would really put out a shot that would negatively impact the health of my child. So I'm behind the vaccine 100 percent. Another mom says, I'm just trusting the science and the recommendation is to get the vaccine. Now, that is not the science. That is the recommendation. But it is not the science. Look at the at the America's frontline doctors filing that case and i think it was alabama and it explains some of the reasons why this isn't it isn't supported by the science and protocols well based on your definition of science it's not the recommendation but the way we are now using science the science is the recommendation or the recommendation is the science Yes, yes. It's because it's scientism. It's faith in the <laughs> yeah. scientists who can read the the scientific language and you can't. And that I was seeing something about that, about the impossibility of reading. And, and it was saying, like, don't even try to read this stuff. You can't understand it. And this is the really obvious insight I had. Very, very obvious. As soon as I say it, you're going to be like, obviously. But I believe that they are going to start truly corralling health information so so they could this is why i like jonathan e mord if you ever look him up i have a couple of books by him he's a first amendment lawyer that does health cases sued the fda and stuff like that so he says you can't have prior constraints so if you say something that hurts somebody else and they and they can prove it they can sue you for damages but the first amendment says that i can't say that you can't say anything about health I can't say that you can't say anything about COVID. Uh, You can say it and you have to take the consequences of your actions. So Thomas Cowan lost his medical, surrendered his license in California because he didn't tell someone who inquired about an alternative medicine that it had not been approved by the FDA. 
It's a little bit of a screwy story, but that's the kind of thing like you get sued and you have to answer that. But prior restraint is against the First Amendment. Yet I am predicting regular regulatory restraint on health information going forward. That's what I think is going to happen. Absolutely. And they can just use we need to surveil the for to prevent a future pandemic. And that's people be like, all right, we're fine with it. And and I am worried because there are universities that are requiring people in that age group. Another mom emailed me saying uh, her cousin's son or her friend's nephew, something like that, was in was in the hospital having woken up unable to move from the neck down after the vaccine, which could be part of that um, myelitis thing. But I'm worried if it is affecting kids that age that some of these colleges are going to require vaccinations. Is uh, Georgia, do you know if Georgia's doing that yet? Georgia is not allowed to do that because Governor Kemp today, he just came out and said that he's banning vaccine passports. Because I know in Texas... I believe that the University of Texas is not allowed to require vaccinations because it is a state thing and the state, anything funded by the state, the Abbott passed an executive order. That is a bummer because as soon as he leaves, the next guy can overturn it. I hate that. But yeah. And to your point about that, Rutgers University, they came out and said they're going to require the vaccine for students and 400. So did UVA. Yeah, 400 or so students have come out and protested and had to get police out there and they don't like it. And I heard an interview with one of the students on the street and the student said that they feel like the school should be liable because if they're forcing them to take an experimental vaccine, not not an approved one, then they're not going to have any avenue to, to, to get recourse if that there's no, you can't sue the vaccine maker and the school's making them do it. So who's responsible? She doesn't want to take the vaccine. I think it's great there's people standing up to it and they're probably not going to be reporting students who are protesting it. The only problem is the FDA is clearly totally corrupt now or corrupted or whatever. So if we all put our eggs in the it's not approved basket and they go and approve it, then you got to start from scratch. It's dangerous. We want to see the trials. That's what we want to see. We want to see long-term trials. We want to see animal studies. We want to see it all. Yes, we do. Before we get to our final story of the day, which addresses the question of when, if ever, is it acceptable to make Nazi comparisons, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is Van Halen's 1995 album, Balance. And we're also going to talk about how some restaurants are testing new artificial intelligence that is sure to make restaurants a place that no human will ever want to work again. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet 
kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So, stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's sh- Check out the Rye Guys, ryeguys.com. Even if you're not looking to purchase, their website alone is worth checking out for humor purposes. And when you're ready to buy, you'll know where to go, ryeguys.com. And if you haven't yet, check us out on the new video platform, Rockfin, at rockfin.com slash propaganda report, where you can get exclusive deep dives of our video analysis of the globalists themselves plotting to dominate the world. Not kidding. That's what we deconstruct. I find these little scene videos of the powers that be laying their plans, and then Monica and I deconstruct them and show how these plans are playing out in the real world. Our latest video, which was posted a few days ago, is about how the CFR, it's, it, we, we show the CFR laying out their plans to control the local news from the top, so to control information about the vaccine and other, quote, disinformation, as they call it. Rockfin is a great platform. It's subscription-based, which is a good thing because unlike YouTube, there aren't they aren't censoring free speech. So the $9.99 a month gives us a level of protection from the censorship of YouTube and other platforms like that. And along with the subscription, what you will get is you'll get access to not only our content, but to the content of all creators on Rockfin. So it's kind of like YouTube meets Netflix. You sign up with one creator, you get access to all of the other content from all of the creators on the platform. And there's a lot of great content creators on there. People like Sam Tripoli, Jimmy Dore, Scott Adams, Whitney Webb, a lot of fun stuff. It's an emerging platform. It's great. It's very liberty friendly, free speech friendly. I love it. You guys will love it too. Check it out. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. With that said, now on with the final story of the day. Remember a couple, like even one week ago, I said they were talking about how on the radio out here in LA, they were talking about how LA County is getting vaccine, vaccine evidence, like proof of vaccination into your Apple wallet. And as the anchor person or the like host, the personality on the radio was saying how great and convenient that was, she made a point that while people are starting to say this kind of proof of hygiene or show me your papers or what is your lot number smacked of the Nazi Germany, that's when she and her gang of yuck monkeys said, oh, enough is enough. Can we get over it already? You know, I remember when they were doing that with like gate. OK, Watergate, Trump gate, Iran gate, like enough with the gate. It's like enough with the Nazi comparisons. I'm like, you know what? Th- this is a pretty valid comparison. If you're asking people for their numbers, if you're talking about experiment, this literally violates the Nuremberg Treaty is to have like not informed consent for an experimental treatment. Certainly you could interpret it that way. It's actually rather on point. So leave it to Marjorie Taylor Green to get I, I, I haven't I actually probably should have hunted down the interview and listened to it to the extent it's still available. But there were headlines saying that Marjorie Taylor Green, the controversial congresswoman from Georgia, said that what Pelosi was doing. Well, the, the article, the headline said 
green lichens mask protocols to the Holocaust. (laughs) And I thought that makes no sense. If she was talking about vaccine passports or having to put evidence of a vaccine on your badge, like some employers are requiring that I can see that it's a, it's apartheid. It's second class citizen. It's abusing a minority. It's that kind of thing. So I cannot find her saying that, but she, I do find a quote of her saying, you know, we can look back at a time in history when people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens at best. So much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. This is, uh, and this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. Okay. I, I mean, maybe I'm like wishy-washy, but it feels to me like that's a little too provocative. Proof of hygiene. Is that a term that they've been using in relation to COVID? That's what I say. Okay. That's what I say, because the reason I say it like that is that that makes it clear the connection between eugenics and the Nazi stuff and what we're doing now. Yeah. So they used to use the word hygiene. They used to care about mental defects and stuff like that. They are definitely a, shaming people who don't do what they want them to do. They said that in the Rockfin materials we deconstructed. They talk about how powerful it is to use shame, to get people to do what you want. And when you shame a group of people and separate them, that can have a, a, a snowball effect. It slowly builds, slow, slow snowball effect. This says, uh, and the American Jewish Congress said in a tweet response to Green's comments, you can never compare health related restrictions with yellow stars, gas chambers and other Nazi atrocities. Such comparisons demean the Holocaust and contaminate American political speech. Green must immediately retract and apologize. Now, I I got you with the gas chambers. This is short of that for sure. Other Nazi atrocities, I don't think so. A big thing is the experimentation. It's the feeling like they have the right over your body. And uh, while it is important not to minimize atrocities in the past by comparing them to things of a totally different scale, the problem here is, like that old saying, first they came for the unvaxxed. You know, then they came for you. That was a Holocaust poem kind of thing. Then they came for you. What you have to realize is you cannot stop them when the actual comparison is, well, these people need to be exiled. These people need to live in in the unvaxxed camps. You know, you, you have to you have to understand that it all starts with a a an uncompromising defense of liberty and not the kind of liberty that's a trade-off with anything else like your bodily integrity is paramount and i will tell you this if they if you want to say that private companies can require it yes they can and i would not say anything about that they should be able to do whatever they want require it or not require it but here's the problem when you start Doing that when when government regulators are heavily involved in an industry like banking or air travel. And we've heard in our Rockfin videos that the powers that be, the people who are rolling this stuff out, have already put into their plans giving tax incentives and other 
regulatory benefits to airlines specifically for rolling out these regulations, you can see that this isn't just private enterprise uh, making decisions that you can accept or reject. It's industry-wide. That's de facto a government monopoly to the extent that they do not compete for customers based on their policies, which would then reflect what their customers want. It is coercion and and that in itself, if you can't get a job, you're an airline pilot, all of a sudden you're blocked out of ever getting a job or even starting your own airline because you don't play ball. This stuff is, it's all of a piece. And I think while she says stuff like that to make it look ridiculous, we should all be defending our bodily integrity. Yeah. And the current president did launch and run his entire campaign based on a Nazi comparison that was completely bogus and a lie. So those right. are the people telling us not to do, telling Marjorie Telegree not to do Nazi comparisons. That is a good point. Okay. I've got a couple of shout outs. First of all, I would like to shout out our newest patrons, Heather, Jessica, Amber, Heather, Collect your prize. I got an awesome coffee mug or a t-shirt waiting for you. I emailed you about it. Yes. And David, who you might remember from one of our Zoom parties, maybe two Zoom parties ago, he took his phone around and showed us his chicken coop and the things he was doing yeah. to fix up his house. He's selling his house, moving, I think, to Utah. Yes. So he has a house in Southern California, calls it a SoCal mountain retreat. I actually looked at the listing and it is a beautiful house in a beautiful place. So he, as his shout out, he wants to put up the listing. So I wish I had just the, uh, maybe I'll find the, I'll find the number, the Zillow number. One, seven, four, two, sorry. One, seven, four, two, one, two, six. Three, it's Peak Circle in Cedar Pines Park, California. If you want to know more about David's listing, you can email me at the Propaganda Report Podcast at gmail.com. That's I'm going to go the extra mile for David. He's such a good patron, fan, and loyal member of our community. And now on to the patron 15. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we were telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there for our deep dive deconstructions. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic share the show Tuesday.